All right. Well, good afternoon and uh, welcome back to our uh, afternoon ser service here at Keith Heights Baptist Church. And uh, looking forward to a few moments of spending around God's Word again this afternoon. Let's take our Bibles, turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20 as we spend some more time looking at the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I had a good time at lunchtime. Brother Harold and I were uh, discussing the time frame. And, and maybe this as early as this Wednesday. I should have probably done it last Wednesday. Um, but uh, when Christ was crucified, what day he was crucified on and how that all plays into um, uh, prophecy and how he fulfilled everything that the Bible spoke of there. And a very interesting study. Uh, he wasn't crucified on Friday like a lot of people think. Uh, so uh, maybe tune in this Wednesday. We may go ahead and do that this Wednesday, uh, in fact. So I uh, want to maybe, if the Lord doesn't change our direction there, maybe we'll deal with that subject this Wednesday and teach that uh, to our folks. But uh, had a great time. Uh, this morning in Sunday school and uh, uh, just thinking about the resurrection today and certainly a joy. Let's look in chapter 20 of John and uh, we find the resurrection of Christ again by John's account. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early uh, when it was yet dark under the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said, saith unto them, uh, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they've laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple that came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet uh, went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and, a napkin, uh, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the Scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white, sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And she saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? Why, uh, she, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabbani, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father, and your father, and to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, 
receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whomsoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see his, in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Father, we pray that you'll bless the message this afternoon and speak to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to look at a few things regarding the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ after his resurrection. There are two things that Jesus asks of Mary when he sees her in verse number 15 that I think are are pertinent questions and questions that uh, many times uh, God, I believe, would ask of us as Christians. And they are, Why weepest thou, and whom seekest thou? I think these are two very important questions that we must answer regularly. Um, certainly, Mary was without hope. She had lost the idea that her Savior uh, was alive. She felt that he was dead and had been taken away, and that all hope was gone. And there comes times in our life where we uh, lose hope, don't we? There are times that even though we trust Christ or claim to trust Christ, there are times and circumstances that bring us low, that we get to a place where we sorrow, where our faith is shaken. Uh, I'm reminded of the, uh, uh, the uh, centurion, I believe it was, that uh, came to Jesus, uh, and, uh, or the, the uh, military commander that came to Jesus, and asked for uh, him to heal his son. If you remember the story, uh, he said, uh, uh, show me where the, the young man is. And he says, no, just say the word, and, and I know that he'll be uh, healed. And Jesus said, uh, I've not seen so great a faith uh, in Israel. And then uh, the, the fellow said, Lord, I believe, and with all things, or if thou believest, all things are possible. And the man said, Lord, I believe. But then he made this statement, help thou my unbelief. And even though we get to a place where we trust the Lord Jesus Christ, there comes times in our life uh, where we lose, that, we lose some of that trust. We lose some of that faith. We begin to have anxiety. We begin to sorrow in some cases. And I think the question serves to be asked of us several times by the Lord, uh, why weepest thou? Why is it that we are battling this? Why are we struggling with this concept? And then he asks her this, and whom seekest thou? Whom seekest thou? And I wonder oftentimes in our lives who we're seeking. Or can we say it this way, what we're seeking many times. There, there are things that become distractions in our lives. And I think, again, two very, very important questions that he asks Mary here that could be asked of us in, in the day that we live. But I want you to notice as he goes on down in verse number 19 that in the same day, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, he uh, meets with the disciples in verse number 19. And he says, peace be unto you. And I want to share three things with you that are the result of the Lord uh, raising from the dead that I think ought to be the results in our life. Why, why is the resurrection so significant to us? How should it affect us? There are three things I think that are shown here 
uh, of the effect that the resurrection had on the disciples. And I want us to look at those very quickly. Uh, the Bible says here in verse number 20, And when he had so showed, himself, uh, showed unto him his hands and his side, notice what's said here, Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Can I tell you this? One of the things that ought to be the response of Christians as we reflect on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is there ought to be great joy in that. Uh, there ought to be some excitement. The fact that we don't serve a dead God, we serve a living God. We serve one that has, has gotten the victory over death, hell, and the grave and lives and, and uh, the Bible says stands at the right hand of God ever making intercession for you and I. And, and one of the responses of the disciples when they realized that here's the Lord in His risen body is that they were glad, the Bible says. I'm reminded back in Luke, if you remember the story, when the, uh, when the Lord was born, that the angel said that He brought glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And here we find the fulfillment of that joy. As He comes to the disciples, and the disciples, the Bible says, were glad when they saw the Lord. And by the way, we never get our eyes on the Lord, but that our heart is not rejoicing. That we never get to a place where we put our eyes upon God and we walk away sorrowful. But there's a joy that comes from that. There's a joy in His presence. And so one of the results of, uh, of the uh, resurrection is that there was a gladness in the heart of the disciples. Now understand, I mean, these, these fellows, their entire lives uh, were, uh, were surrounded or, or intermingled with and entwined with the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. These fellows had forsaken everything they had. And followed Christ. He was everything to them. They had, they had left their livelihoods. They had left their families. And they said, we're going to follow Him. Because He's the, he's the one that is the Christ. The Son of the living God. He's the one that is the Messiah. He's the one that has the answers to life. And uh, when, when uh, Jesus asked the disciples one time, Will ye also go? Their answer was, Where would we go? You have the words of eternal life, they said. And there was a joy that they recognized when they saw their risen Savior. Could you imagine the three days they have just come out of? I mean, three days of utter despair uh, to realize and, and think that, boy, uh, here we thought he was, he was all of this, and now he's dead. He's gone. And then to see him in his risen form. Can I tell you one of the things that ought to, to happen in our lives as we reflect and think on the resurrection of our Lord is it ought to bring a gladness to our hearts. It ought to bring a joy. I, I had several people this morning, early, early this morning, uh, some of them before I was even awake. Some, some of my friends live in the eastern time zone. They forget that I'm an hour behind them. And uh, I had some at like 5 o'clock this morning, our time, and they're, they're uh, texting and saying, uh, he, he is risen, or Happy Resurrection Day. And can I tell you, I mean, people woke up this morning excited about the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And I'm thankful that we have a time. We were talking, Brother Dan and I were talking, I think, last week, and Brother Harold, uh, about having a time to rejoice in the resurrection of our Savior. And I think that is important. But can I tell you this, there ought to be a joy in our hearts every single day when we wake up and we swing out of our beds to rejoice that we have a living Savior. And I, I, think, I think every morning we get up, uh, we ought to text each other at 5 in the morning. <laughs> Maybe not 5 in the morning, but we ought to text each other. And I love this because in the early church, 
the uh, the standard greeting. We don't use it very much today, but when when two believers would uh, would uh, come across each other's paths in the daytime, uh, they would greet each other by saying, "He is risen." And the response from the other person would be, He is risen indeed. And I love that greeting. And this morning I had several people that knew of this uh, in their culture in the day of the early church. And this morning they typed in a text to me and said, He is risen. And responded back, He is risen indeed. Because of the joy that that brings. I think it would do Christians well to the other 364 days of the year that we have to respond with gladness and joy that we have a risen Savior. To maybe maybe start that greeting up once again. We see each other and say, boy, He is risen. He is risen indeed. And it brought gladness to the disciples. I want you to notice, secondly, in verse number 21, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto them, notice this, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Can I tell you this? Uh, I, I don't... I don't claim to, to have the same, I, I don't know if I can understand fully uh, the shock, the awe that these disciples are feeling. Can you put yourself in their place for a moment this morning? Think about this. These fellas had watched our Lord be crucified. They saw Him die. They saw the soldiers pierced His side. They saw them take Him off of the, off of the cross and carry Him to the tomb. They watched as they sealed the tomb up. And all of a sudden, three days later, here he is standing there in full health, uh, in, in a resurrected body, and, and, and they're in a shut room, and he comes to them and appears to them. I'll tell you this, if I'm standing there in that room, I'm getting a little nervous here. Because I, I'm wondering, have I seen a spirit? Have I seen a ghost? What's going on here? And the second thing that we find that the resurrection is, is that it brings God's peace to us. He comes to the disciples, and the first thing he tells them in verse 21 is, Peace be unto you. You know, the Bible tells us this, that when the Lord Jesus Christ ascended back to heaven, he promised that he was going to send another comforter. And that he was going to be able to comfort our hearts. He was going to be able to be our teacher. And he was going to be able to bear witness inside of us that we are the children of God. There's so many things that he was going to empower us and enable us to do the work that God had given for us to do. And this wonderful idea that God was not going to leave us comfortless. But that he was going to provide a way for us as Christians to have great peace in the midst of a very perverse world that we live in. I'm thankful this morning that I'm saved because the Lord Jesus Christ not only has given me a home in heaven for all of eternity, but He brings great peace in the middle of the storms that life throws our way. And the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ gives us great peace. It allows us to have hope. And then the Bible said in the book of Titus, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. And I'll tell you what, when we have the hope that comes in Jesus Christ, it's not something we're wishfully thinking for. It's something that by faith we have confidence in that gives us hope. And I'm thankful this morning that the Lord Jesus Christ, when He rose from the dead, brought peace in the midst of a people that had turmoil. They were looking at this and saying, all of our life is shattered. All of our hopes, all of the things that we thought the Lord Jesus Christ was, is gone. 
And all of a sudden, there he is standing. He is resurrected by... Could you imagine standing there seeing the Lord Jesus Christ in his resurrected body after you had just three days ago watched him be crucified? And he comes and he says, Peace unto you. You know, because he lives, the songwriter wrote this, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives... I can go through the, the, the trials and the burdens of life. We have great, great promises that God has given to us. You know, the Bible tells us, Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. We have promises from God that we can ask of Him what we will, and He'll give it to us. There, there are promises that we have that if we'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, that all these things will be added unto us. And all of that is made possible because our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Not only does it bring gladness, but it brings peace. And then I want you to notice, lastly, that it brings God's power upon our lives. In verse 21, Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. So he gives them a commission, and notice it says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, turn over just a few pages with me, if you will, in Acts chapter number 1. And I want you to look in verse... No, let's read from verse 1. We'll read down to verse number 8. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which He was taken up, after that He, through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive <coughs> after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, <coughs> which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, and asked of him, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of, uh, to Israel? And he said, uh, he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. Can I tell you this, that God gave us a great work to be done. And that is to go into all this world and preach the gospel, not to most people, not to some of the people, not to a lot of the people, but to every creature, the Bible says. Our responsibility, our God-given commission, is that we are to be dedicating our life and our energies and our resources and our efforts to reach every person with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we look at that and we say, Lord, that's too big of a task. It's impossible to be done. And I love what the, the Bible says that, uh, that, that, that uh, if you remember the story when the rich young ruler came to the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him what he must do to be saved. And Jesus gave him two or three different things. And he said, I've done all those things. And finally, he said, go and sell all that thou hast and give to the poor. And the man walks away sorrowful. And, and the disciples didn't understand. And Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. And he's not speaking of uh, the fact that rich people are not going to make it to heaven. But if they're depending upon their riches 
to get them to heaven, he's speaking of the impossibility of it. You say, how do you know that? Because a few verses later in that same passage, he makes this statement to his disciples. With men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Can a rich man make it to heaven? Yes, he can, but not by his riches. There's only one way he can make it, and that's through God. He's got to come through the same blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that everybody else does. For him to come to God any other way, it is impossible. And Jesus so vividly illustrated that to him by telling him he needed to go and sell all that he had and give to the poor to keep all the commandments. And after he said, I've done all of that, Jesus said, it's still not enough. You've got to come through the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Can I tell you this, that the power of God is what enables us. And while we look at the commission that God has given to you and I to reach all of this world with the gospel and say it is impossible, I'll tell you this, it is. With man, but I'm thankful that with God, all things are possible. And that comes as the result of of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does the Lord what does the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ do for us? Well, I'll tell you this, it gives us gladness in our hearts, doesn't it? It gives us peace that passeth all understanding, and it allows us to experience the power, the enabling power of the Holy Spirit of God that rests upon us and enables us to do the work that He has called us to do. You know, when we go out and we tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't want to try to rely on my logic or my wisdom or my knowledge of Scripture to try to get them to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that man cannot come to Christ except the Holy Spirit draw him. When I talk to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't want my words, I don't want my intellect, I don't want my personality to get in the way. I want the Holy Spirit to work on their hearts. And because of the resurrection, I can have that feeling, that power of the Holy Spirit resting upon me, enabling me to do and accomplish the work that He's given for me to do. That we would get to the place where we would be sensitive and yielded to that leading of the Holy Spirit. To let Him do in our lives what He so much longs to do. There are two things that we're guilty of doing many times when it comes to this matter of the Holy Spirit. We're guilty of grieving the Holy Spirit. And we are guilty of quenching the Holy Spirit. You know what the secret to having the Holy Spirit's power on our life is? To take ourself and move it out of the way and let the Holy Spirit have what He wants in our life. To be so sensitive to His leading and His direction to allow Him to do the work in us and through us. By that, by that way, perhaps one day it could be said that we can be a vessel of honor. That we have been able to carry the Holy Spirit of God in us to someone who's lost and allow the Holy Spirit to work in their heart and draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the resurrection. It brings gladness. It brings peace. And it brings the Lord's power upon our lives, enabling us to do the work that He's called us to do. I hope that that will encourage us. I hope it will motivate us and enable us to, do, to have boldness and to do the work that God has called us to do. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for Your Word. 
when we look at the response of these disciples, Lord, the truth is we are no different than they. There is a joy, there is a gladness that we express and experience today from your resurrection. Lord, we have anticipated today for days and weeks even, looking forward to the day that we can celebrate the resurrection day, to be able to greet one another with the phrase, He is risen, he is risen indeed. That brings great gladness and great joy to us. The fact that we can take great comfort and peace in the fact that our Savior is risen. He did not leave us, He did not leave us in a place where we have no comfort, we have no hope. If you were still in the grave, Lord, our, our thoughts and our minds would be a, a, those of despair. But Lord, because you have risen from the dead, we have the great hope the great faith that assures us that we have a great God who has saved us from our sin. And then, Father, for the power that you give through your resurrection. Apostle Paul spoke of it. He said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to experience, to know the power of the resurrection, that we would bring our will in our minds and our hearts under subjection, to bring them under control in the leading of your Holy Spirit, that you would provide a sensitivity to us. We would understand and know how best we ought to serve you with our lives. Help us this week to be pleasing to you. And Lord, as we see other believers and other Christians this week, may we greet one another. May we rejoice in the fact that he is risen. I pray that you would help us to be a light shining in a dark world to those that are lost that we can point men to you. And, Father, give us opportunity this week. May we understand it and see it for what it is and take full advantage of the opportunity you've afforded and provided for us to take your word and expose these folks to it so that your Holy Spirit may work in their hearts and in their lives. And we pray that you would draw them to you. Dismiss us now with your blessings. Thank you so much for the wonderful and gracious day that we've had around your word and the fellowship of your people. We pray that you would bring a, a sense of grace and comfort. And, Lord, that those listening by way of live stream will be encouraged today by your resurrection. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.